the establishment fought to remove Trump from office for four years, and now, with the federal indictment charges and being the leading GOP candidate, the corrupt Department of Justice is out to be sure Donald Trump gets nowhere near 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Trevor Loudon will talk about the corruption. And with the attempted takedown of Donald Trump, is the Department of Justice going in for the kill? Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez explains, divide and conquer has never been so effective. Well, you've been hearing a lot about the Canadian fires and the propaganda machine on the climate wars. Steve Malloy and Tom Harris discuss the safety factors and talk on climate lockdowns. Corruption breeds corruption. It's all next on Viewpoint This Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, the Viewpoint This Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm out loud here. Well, for the second time in two months, uh, former President Donald Trump uh, has been or will be arraigned on uh, criminal charges. Uh, uh, this time it's in connection to the mishandling of the top secret documents uh, after leaving office. Um, uh, the former president is scheduled to be arraigned on a 37 count indictment uh, Tuesday and will appear before a judge in Miami federal court. Historical would be an understatement to be sure here. Uh, it's a lot to this broadcast, friends, and as to why, what, uh, where, how come. Uh, let's start the broadcast off here with Trevor Loudon. Uh, privileged to have him here always. He's an author, speaker, filmmaker, political commentator. He's uh, an expert on, uh, you know, well, <laughs> uh, the takeover of our country, communism, uh, socialism, this sort of thing that we talk about all the time. Uh, he's got some great books. Uh, one we talked about previously, House Un-Americans, uh, reveals some of the corruptness. Uh, in the house, uh, well worth looking at. It's in the bookstore and on Amazon, of course, in the America Out Loud bookstore I speak about here. Uh, he's also the host of Counterpunch on the Epoch Times. Does a great job there. Uh, Trevor, privileged to have you on Viewpoint this Sunday. Thank you for getting up early in the morning here. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure, Malcolm. Always, always great to hear your voice. All right, let's uh, let's start off here. This is something people were potentially expecting, uh, and. Uh, uh, it goes along with uh, what we what we've been dealing with now for some years, and it appears to be more of a takedown of the former president. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of people gloating here this morning about this. What's the first reaction when you heard this news, sir? Well, it was expected, but uh, what, what I think this is basically the weaponization of the state. We're we're in a socialist coup right now, so. Um, as in Czechoslovakia in 1948 and, and other revolutions since, one of the key steps is to weaponize the Justice Department, the justice services, against political opponents. And uh, I, I don't think there's anybody in America, even on the Democratic side, who doesn't think this uh, prosecution is completely politically motivated with the objective 
well, two objectives. One is to keep President Trump from running, mm -hmm. and the other is to so polarize the country and so infuriate the president's supporters that they're hoping somebody will snap mm -hmm. and do something violent or stupid as an excuse to to further crack down. Mm, that's an interesting perspective. I've, I've heard reports of people concerned with uh you know, little details like martial law and things of that nature, which plays to the narrative you just uh, suspected with. Uh, uh, and that could be as people, uh, you could see an uprising. I think people uh, really uh, begin to understand the corruption here and what's taken place with the Department of Justice. Uh, the lady is not blind. She hasn't been blind in some years. Uh, it's a real joke to think that there's a blindfold there to begin with. Uh, that's very difficult, to, Trevor, to put that blindfold back on Lady Justice when it is so revealed, which, back to your point a moment ago, makes us really no better, sincerely now, than a third world banana republic. And that is what it's uh, banana republic USA, I think, is what we're dealing with now right in front of us. Uh, do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, look, look, we have a sitting president who has been protected by the FBI on charges of a $5 million bribery case, a president who who had multiple um, classified documents in his possession while he was vice president when he didn't have the power to declassify. Right. And now you've got a, the former president... Um, being being arraigned on on ser very serious charges over documents that he had the power to declassify, you know the whole country knows this is a political setup, and it's just infuriating. Which I think is it's designed to infuriate and it's designed to intimidate. Yeah, you know right. if we can take down the former president right. on bogus charges mm -hmm. and not care for public opinion, that tells every American, we can come for you next. Well, the question from there is, uh, will, I mean, do we expect that people are just going to take this one for the team or do we see some sort of a surge or, I mean, how far will Americans go before they react to something of this magnitude? And I'm not just talking about conservatives and MAGA people, but I'm talking about Americans. Well, I, I think a lot of people are uh, disgusted. I think a lot of Democrats are disgusted at this. Exactly. You know, nobody, nobody believes this is an, uh, a blind justice being applied. Yeah. But this is the whole point of a revolution, is to create turmoil, yeah. to, to intimidate some sections of the population, mm -hmm. infuriate others so that provocations can be staged or pro or genuine provocations yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. We, we have to see this in the context of a revolutionary movement. Oh, man, that's it. This that's is it. not just yeah. the Democrats taking down an opponent. Right. This is socialist bureaucrats, yeah. uh, socialist politicians on the verge of getting full control over this country, weaponizing the government against their primary, their, their main opponent. Yeah, this yeah. is as naked as a as a, a, a as much of a naked power grab as you can possibly get. You know, they they spent the better part of four years plus to pull him out of office. You know darn well at this point, Trevor Loudon, they're going to do everything they can to ensure he gets nowhere close to sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, well, they understand. You know, the the line has been crossed. The Rubicon has been crossed. 
many people in the federal government, and I believe many people in the Congress and the Senate and the White House, mm -hmm. have committed felonies in the last few years, yeah. major felonies against the United States. And the only reason they're not in jail is because they're still in power. If they lose that power, they know that their revolution crumbles and many of them will go to jail. Okay. This is this is where we're at in America right now. Right. So that this is preemptive. They want to stop that happening. Exactly. They want to jail their primary their main opponent or at least okay. stop them from running and maintain power. This is power at any cost because they know they have committed felonies. Well, the country it, knows they've committed felonies. Doesn't it even depend upon where you fall uh, in that uh, lineup you just said? Well, at the very tip top, they may know some of that, but uh, or still be in power, as you suggest there. But quite frankly, if you look at the list, which I revealed to uh, to listeners uh, yesterday on the Voice of a Nation, I mean, you know, James Comey, a Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, the Pfizer judges, Rodney Rosenstein, Chris Ray, Gina Haspel. Uh, Sally Yates, uh, Lisa Monaco, John Carlin, Michael Sussman, Christopher Steele. Uh, Steele. I mean, this list goes on and on the oars. Brian or Nelly or Fusion GPS, Mark Elias. I mean, you've got such a Brennan, Clapper, Comey, Lynch, Holder. I mean, these people are not necessarily still in power, but they have all gotten a pass because their narrative is what their narrative is. I mean, that's corruption. Corruption breeds corruption. Yeah, it does. Well, they're, they're not in power, but their protectors are exactly, in power. Exactly, exactly. You know, but Barack Obama is not in power now, but we now know that he knew that the Russian collusion was a hoax. They knew yeah. that Hillary, he knew that Hillary Clinton was going to do this. Yeah. So, so the, this is reaches to the top of the Democratic Party. And, and, and so you've got this nest of traitors who are all protecting each other, desperately hanging on to power because they know they've been exposed before the American people. Yeah. And the only way through this is to hold on to power and keep suppressing their enemies yeah. until they have so much power that nobody dares challenge them ever again. Yeah, yeah. This is double. They have to double down. They, there's no way back. Exactly. They've exactly, crossed, exactly. They've crossed the, the Rubicon. Rubicon. So yeah. we, should not, we should not expect a retreat here. When something like this happens, Trevor, they throw this out there and everybody, I and I shared with listeners yesterday, see if you agree with this or not. I, I think that most uh, commentators and talking heads, pundits, what have you, they they grab on it like rabid meat and tear it apart and start to discuss, you know, okay, how many rooms did they have the papers in? What were the size of the rooms? How many of the papers did they have? Well, but Hillary didn't do that and he didn't do that. But, you know, Trump, that bad Trump did that. So they get everybody to discuss the particulars and even the I'm talking Republican pundits, that sort of thing, what have you. But really, it's a distraction because the whole thing with blind justice is the card. It's all broken to begin with. Before you start discussing the case, the case shouldn't even be a case. And that's really the debate to me is the corruption breeds corruption at the top level. Does that make any sense? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a hundred percent. You know, we get we get uh, diverted into the weeds when we're not exactly. talking the central issue. The central issue is we're in a revolution, and um, a, a revolution as brutal as any that occurred in Cuba or China or anywhere else. Wow. We're in a revolution, and the the government of the day is weaponizing government departments against its opposition. That's the central issue. 
that's what we should be talking about rather than get into, well, there were six documents in this room and seven in that, thank and you, that Joe Biden did this, whatever. If we, if we cannot look at the last three years and finally acknowledge that we are in a socialist revolution, we're either living in la-la land or not paying any attention whatsoever. This is Czechoslovakia in 1948 being played out this is this is every major socialist revolution in the in the 20th century being played out in the 21st century in the world's most powerful country right. that's the issue do do you think perhaps that they have played their cards too far and i say that for a moment here back to that revolutionary moment and the takedown of what's taken place and it's not just the 3 years but throughout the years of trump you can you right you got to dial it back in the last 7 years to see what's transpired here but when you think about that, Trevor, you know, I felt some years ago that uh, we were coming to the end of the Democrat Party. I, I really felt that. Not that I'm, I'm talking about the party as it was. And we've seen this historically happen in our country. It happened, as I often reference to folks in 1860, when the Republican Party came to power, the Whig Party fell out. Uh, and Abraham Lincoln became the first Republican president. It's happened. It's historically. In fact, it's happened many times before that in our history. It's been a while because you've got Democrats and Republicans for many years now. But I really felt that was the case. So my question is, at this point, with corruption breeding corruption as it is, over the past seven years, looking at this track record now, the fact that they have now gone for the juggler, as you just said, with what they've done in the light of day, it seems to me they're either desperate because they know they're at the point where they're being revealed and may lose power coming now with this critical election coming up. They're in a very difficult situation with Biden, who can't, clearly cannot run anything. He's certainly not going to be able to run another four years. He's not going to be able to complete this four years. For 200 million people, we only need about 200 million of the 330. Part of them are asleep. Part of them are dumb. I get it. But the rest of the people are bright and wide awake as to what the hell is going on in this country. Does it, it, Speak to that point, please. Have they overplayed their hand? Could this be a good thing to really put the spotlight on this and pull these people the hell out of there? Could that happen? Yeah, well, look, look exactly. Look, see, if, if Hillary Clinton had won the won the election in twenty sixteen, we would be pretty much ninety percent socialist now. We would be beyond, we'd be on probably beyond saving. Donald Trump stumbled into a revolution that he didn't quite realize was happening, <laughs> and what has happened since has alerted millions of people to the reality of the deep state, which is basically communist. And that the fact that we could lose our country. So the Democratic Party has been exposed as a party of tyranny to hundreds, to, to probably over 100 million people. The thing, this is it. If President Trump or a similar Republican can come back into office in 2024, I think the Democratic Party will be destroyed and there'll be a major political re realignment in this country. If the Democrats win what they're going to do is legalize 40 million illegal immigrants and give them citizens, citizen, citizenship and voting rights and basically declare a one-party state from that point onwards. The Republican Party will be destroyed. So this is going to be the death. The next election, if we get there, is going to see the, either the death of the Democratic Party as we know it or the death of the Republican Party and the Republic as we know it. Mm. Those are the stakes. That's why they're doubling down. If they can win 
one more term and legalize all the illegals, get 30 million more voters, then they are unstoppable and they will start coming after their enemies and shutting people down and jailing people. We will have a full on tyranny in America. If they are defeated, they will be dismantled and destroyed. That is the stakes. That's what we're playing for here. Yeah. We're playing for a, a, a tyranny or we're playing for a re rebirth and freedom. Those are the two choices in front of us. Yeah. So the next um, 18 months is the most critical. And we say this every election cycle, but this really is. The next 18 months is the most critical period in the American Republic since the, war, since the Revolutionary War. Yeah. And it's above the Civil War, more important than the Civil War. Every meeting I go to, and I speak all over the country, somebody comes up to me and say, I was a Democrat till last year, not anymore. You know, I was a communist till last year, not anymore. It's a time of polarization now. It's a time where we decide which side we're on. And most Democrats, grassroots Democrats, are as patriotic as anybody else. They they love their hunting. They love their guns. They love their country. They love their constitution. But daddy was a Democrat. Granddaddy was a Democrat. Right. That's sure. and, and That's how we are. And so people are getting out of that paradigm now as the Democratic Party is going further and further to the left. Their only hope, their only hope of maintaining power is mass illegal immigration. That's why they're doing it. That's the only reason they're doing it, because they've burnt off so much of their base. Like I'm up here mm. in northern, northern Pennsylvania right now, and that's... Not far from Allentown, you know, Billy Joel living here in Allentown, yeah. closing oh, yeah. all the factories down. Beautiful area. Clearly, it's run down because the miners have all closed, the factories have closed. But the flags, and this is Democrat territory. Mm -hmm. This is Democrat Union territory. Right. And you've never seen so many American flags. Is that right? You've Is never that right? Seen, you've never seen so many Trump signs and... You know, everywhere you go, you know, that's why Trump did so well in rural Pennsylvania, because those those old Democrats, you know, the union mining factory working Democrat yeah. who loves his country, probably a member of the NRA and has been traditionally Democrat, has flipped. And you're seeing that in northern Minnesota. You're seeing that in Michigan. You're seeing that in Pennsylvania and Ohio. Ohio is going red every day. Wow. And if it wasn't for um, Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, yeah. this Pennsylvania would be as red as Florida. You know? Wow. wow. So, wow. So, yeah. so this is happening. So yeah. this is a race against time. Yeah. If we can keep this mobilization going, if we mm -hmm. can keep flipping people, yeah. keep bringing people into the conservative course, and they're not going to come for a Jeb Bush Republican. They're going to come for a Trump or someone of that nature. The, the people want America first. They want the MAGA values. Yeah. And the Democrats are flipping in their droves because they are their values too. Yeah. Right, right. They they do not yeah. want Jeb yeah. Bushes. They don't want Mitt Romneys. Establishment want people. Grass, establishment people. They yeah. don't want the establishment. Yeah. Yeah. They want yeah. grassroots people yeah. who recognize the conservative yeah. movement as a working class yeah. movement.
Yeah, yeah. It's well, a patriotic well, well, working class movement. Trevor, that's why they turned MAGA on its head. That's why you see in all the press conferences and the press secretary, everybody else says, MAGA, MAGA. Yeah, because yeah, they, they hate it. The they know, hate right? it. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, they don't want anybody who loves the Constitution, loves the flag, loves God Almighty, loves our country, loves our family. That's not, they're not into love, uh, they're into hate and vileness. I'm going to tell friends now, TrevorLoudon.com is the site. He's just out there putting the truth out there, friends. His books are, are must-gets. And if you just type in Trevor to, in our bookstore, uh, the link is right on the nav bar to MarkRotLoud.com, friends. And a lot of people love those books, but they're there. Just type in Trevor, and you'll get his books right there. And the books are on Amazon or wherever you need to get them. I mean, just uh, get the get the books and see what's going on. Um, Trevor, uh, stay close by, of course, here. And uh, we really applaud all the work you're doing. And uh, thank you for joining me here on Viewpoint uh, this Sunday, my friend. Uh, well, thanks very much, Malcolm, and, and greetings to all the listeners out there. Hope you have a great Sunday. Get ready for hard work on Monday. That's exactly, yeah. It's an American tradition, of course. Uh, this today, this viewpoint is probably one of my favorite productions because you hear Trevor Loudon's voice there. You're also got, and uh, so admire his work. I also admire this next gentleman, <clears throat> one of the best, uh, Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez. Man, you're in for a treat. He'll join me just after the pause on Viewpoint this Sunday. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday, and thank you, my fellow Americans, and to all of our dear friends around the globe for joining us on the mission here. We appreciate you. We see you out there, and thank you, and be sure to share, share, share the out loud truth back at AmericaOutloud.com. This next uh, program here, uh, this next segment of the show is going to be a real education for you. And uh, surely one of my favorites here coming on here, Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez joins me. He's a professor of philosophy at Barry University, Miami Shores, Florida. One of his very interesting books, Philosophical Perspective on Cinema, very interested in what's taken uh, place in our media landscape, uh, in our culture, uh, movies, our culture, our, the, the, well, a lot of times what I talk to you about out there, the cultural rot of America, basically, you know, and that book is in bookstores and it's in the America Out Loud bookstore as well, uh, for sure. Uh, okay, Professor, welcome to the broadcast. And I, I just, let me ask you right out now with, uh, we're in him, some historical moments of time. 
Uh, everybody recognizes that Republicans, Democrats, independents, and surely the communists do as well. Um, and uh, so here's what I ask you, everything being equal right now with the indictment coming out of uh, South Florida uh, with uh, the federal court and um, with the uh, indictment of the Department of Justice uh, going after the kill. And I guess I'll ask you at this point, is the left, in your opinion, going in for the kill right now with Donald J. Trump? Is this the takedown? They've surely tried for well, seven years now, four years through his administration throughout the Biden uh, program here. Is the left going in for the kill right now? Hello, Mark, Malcolm. Good to be with you. I, I think they're going for the kill, but 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 they've gone for the kill so often that I, I don't know. I don't know which one's the one that sticks. Um, this one, this one is kind of peculiar because this one, from what I understand, uh, supposedly Trump has. Um, the goods, the receipts, as they say, on on the Biden uh, Ukraine um, uh, racket or extortion, et cetera, and and this this one apparently can get out. So this one is the one that they they they, they apparently this is the most important one at the, uh, as far as we can tell. But it's also very interesting that they they're going to do it in Miami, Florida, which from the point of view of the left, it's a real bad deal. It's a real bad strat strategy. Uh, they uh, are they trying to turn people against Trump and for DeSantis? It's not going to happen in the state and especially in 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 this county. So here you have you have Cuban Americans, you got Venezuelans, you got Nicaraguans. And and you got you got people that have been uh, understand communism and they really know this game. This is a this is an this is a game of of Bolshevism. So I, I don't know that they're going to get a lot of points, uh, uh, at least in the media here in this this local um, area, especially when there's going to be massive me dem demonstrations here on Tuesday uh, 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 at three o'clock when they go to the courthouse. So I, I think that's a kind of oversight on their part. They should have done it in Massachusetts or New Jersey or, or New York state, perhaps. Trump is, you and I both know he's, he's an anomaly. He is a, he's a canoe rocker of the likes we've not seen in our lifetimes, really and truly. Uh, he, uh, he is a threat to the entire, uh, apparatus. How does DeSantis stack up in that same capacity, professor? How does he stack up and what do the people see? with that DeSantis and a Trump? Well, uh, uh, to, to be fair, uh, DeSantis has been a phenomenal uh, uh, governor of Florida, excellent governor with the uh, with the Chinese virus and this, the lockdowns and people were basically about to lose their jobs. And he said no to that. So he's been phenomenal for Florida. And we hope that he continues for another four years. Is, is it a mistake for him to jump in the national uh, scene right now? Perhaps, yes. Because what's happening is that the DeSanti, the DeSanti machinery behind him. And remember, people have to get money. People have to to get um, uh, donors. The donors behind DeSantis are all of these, you know, the Romney and Bush and and all of these vague ex-conservatives. They're not conservatives at all. They're neocons, and and they're really going to do damage to the DeSantis. Um, a line of, of of thinking here. Now, I would think that DeSantis would get along with with Trump, get together with Trump, support Trump, and then Trump would do marvels for him in the next four years. And DeSantis can definitely be a very good, uh, I think, president looking ahead. But it's not his time. And now, as, as far as Trump goes, he is a once in a generation man. 
he understands the rot, the corruption. America has become, you know, that the classic cliche that we see in Italian societies of the rot there. This is what it has become. America has become a whore. I mean, a whore and the left is just ripping it apart on purpose. And and Trump is the only one that knows this or understands it to the degree of knowing what to do about it. And clearly he has to be taken out. Uh, and this is this is just another move of taking him out. And um, how, how that plays out in the next year and a half, we, we will see. But it's going to get very sinister. Yeah, yeah. I had not heard anybody put it the way you just did in regards to DeSantis not being his time specifically, but I have to share with you in full confession. It was exactly my sentiments, exactly. A very capable, accomplished governor, uh, politician. Uh, There are connections to people that are supporting him that have a neocon globalist mentality. I think that's what you said. Is that correct? I believe, right? And I I, I believe you're right with that. And I don't think anybody's saying that. That's a good way to say that some of that there. But I, I don't believe this was his time as well. I had really hoped and prayed that he would have held out of it, kept his name out of the rough and waited one more time around and got support of uh, number 45 for all that reason. There's not many people that are going to 2024 is a landmark moment. Uh, there's no doubt about that because we're now our our backs. Are, and, and let me just ask you right here. Our backs are to the wall right now. Um, you know, you talk about important elections. But I I can't think of, I mean, this is a critical moment, this 2024 business, because uh, Marxism is at the door here. They're inside the house. And if they're not pushed back and out on their asses right now, I'm afraid this thing is going to uh, blow up in ways that we've never seen. Is there anyone that comes to your mind beyond Trump, back to that one generation? Because I, I can't think of anybody, but maybe you can, Professor. Is there is there anyone else capable of tearing these people apart in 2024 in the way that needs to be done? Yeah, yes, no? No, no. At, at the moment, and at a national level, absolutely Trump only. What Trump could do, because he's an organization man, he can, he can, he can get in the White House and not make the mistakes he made before, which was thinking that these people were democratic and that they were going to <laughs> pay allegiance to the president. They're not. They saw him as somebody that had to be, um, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, attacked from inside. So if anything, Trump gets in, he gets very capable people that are loyal to the nation. And then they, those people are out there, but they're waiting to take the cue from, from, from a leader, they, in which we don't have. We don't have leaders in the cultural level. We don't have leaders at the university level. We don't even have le- leaders in the Catholic Church anymore. Uh, and so Trump will bring out of the, of the Woodward uh, leaders that are out there, and that's definitely out there, but their courage ha- has has to be tested. And, and I think that's why it's so important to have leadership at the top. If you see the, the opposite of that, the lack of leadership at the top that we have today with this regime, you see how people are completely disconcerted in the streets and in, and in private life thinking that America's finished, that America's finished. And this is why my essay, Leftism Will Rule Over the Rubble, basically says, what are you going to rule over when you have already broken the spirit of human beings? Yeah. And, and this is what we have. How are you going to rule? The only way for you to rule when you break in the, the, the you know, the cojones of people is by by force and that's what they're doing it everything that comes out of the the government is by force we don't vote for things anymore uh i seen a tweet from um let's see hillary clinton i wanted to talk and you talk it's a pen tweet actually it's on her uh profile i'm looking at it right now and so speak about this a moment here so she's got a picture of herself and on her hat is a black hat not a red maga hat to be sure but it's a black hat 
and it says, but her emails. And her message is this, her tweet, Professor, it says, bringing this back in light of recent news, get a limited edition, but her emails, hat, and support at Onward Together, groups working to strengthen our democracy. So here's somebody who got away with the whole enchilada here and has now thrown something out on the graveyard of what's taking place right now. This was just put up here on June 9th. It happened on Friday. Uh, she's now rubbing this all in the face in her brand of justice, suggesting, reminding everybody about her email fiasco where she bleached, bitted, and hammered everything and tore it up and really ripped the Department of Justice, started the whole Russia, Russia, Russia collusion and the prostitutes peeing on Trump and uh, hotels in Moscow and all of this crazy Christopher Steele dossier stuff was Hill all funded Hillary Rodham Clinton. And now she's throwing, what do you make of that, Professor? Yeah, it, it. this is the classic, this is the classic mistake that the left makes. This is the classic mistake that has started wars, many wars because and insurrections, literal insurrections, civil wars and so on. And, and it's like this. It's we will give you violence because Hillary Clinton is saying, you can't touch me. I will give you what I want and then I'm going to put it in your face. It's basically the criminal returning to the 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 the, the, the place of the crime again mm. and again and again wow. and begging to be caught. So what's going to happen is that this is this is either a strategy for people to get really unnerved and see if they do something about it. Uh, but but I don't necessarily think that. It's just that they're, these, these are pathological, sick human beings. These are And, and one of the pathologies that we're dealing with today at every level, sexual, cultural, uh, and then political, as in the case of Ms. Clinton, is that there is a narcissism that is God-infusing. This person and others like her, the whole left, thinks that they are the only ones that can do anything about the world. And because they can do something about the world, the state of the world, they deserve to be placed at the top. So basically they they have a God, a God complex, or at least a king complex. But this this can backfire because there's gonna have to be a generation here soon that is going to say no more to the to the let them eat cake and then just cut off their heads, which is what they're doing right here. This 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 left that is basically begging. It's a bully begging for somebody to take action. Yeah. In one of your writings, you talk about the fifth columnist. I want to bring this to listeners' attention. You say here, the current model of global totalitarianism, which operates on sedition and treason, employs fifth columnists who corrupt and destroy Western democracies from within by undermining institutions, the legal process, government agencies, the free press, and the churches. Professor, that is... A statement for the times right now. Everybody can understand what that statement means. And that is a way to put it. We have been taken over by the fifth columnist at this point, haven't we? Oh, for sure. No doubt about it. Just think about think about, for example, what happened with the with the churches, both Catholic, Protestant, and others. What happened during the 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 the, the, the Chinese virus? You would think that these these bishops and archbishops would have protected the the populace, the Catholics to say and say no you're not going to take this this uh, vaccine but no they threw people under the bus because they themselves were being being bullied by the left that says I don't have any respect for anything here except power and this is this is an example of 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 the world that we have which is basically a power play it's a very dangerous power play because at the end it, it means violence and the left wants violence and and but but it's a violence on their own terms of course and but this is you know you can't predict when these things happen what what happens and how they come about 
Let me read to folks. There's a, a, a wonderful a previous essay from a professor on the uh, platform of markaroundloud.com. It's called The Leftism Will Rule Over the Rubble, uh, coincidentally, that title. And it, this was written uh, about a month ago or so. And it's interesting how <laughs> this is before the current events is what I'm pointing now. And boy, he gets right to it here. Uh, that piece, by the way, if you go to americaroutloud.com, in the left sidebar where it says Talk Radio Talk, those are pieces currently being talked about on many of our shows on the network. You'll find that very available right now on the front page still on that left sidebar. Uh, okay. Uh, and that's how you get there. Or just go under our team, look for Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez, and you'll see all his writings right there. Now, you say here, uh, the word is dysfunctionality. The year is circa 2023. The state of the world is perilous and bleak, brought on by global international totalitarianism. The mood and morale of people throughout the world is pessimism, defeatism, and fatalism. This is the state of our broken world. The expansion of leftism into every nook and cranny of the human world, from medicine to sexuality to the effective creation of morally and mentally unstable populace, is consistent with the structural underpinning of Marxism. You know, I've been telling listeners, Professor, in the last couple of weeks, and I look at this, you know, the mistake, and, and I'd like you to speak about this, the mistake I think a lot of Republicans are using, political operatives, pundits, and sincere people, and many of our writers, even on the platform, they'll use the word Democrats and put that in their headlines and in their stories and in their other things, and really perturb those Democrats that are independent, moderates, left of center, not left of left, that's different. But those people, the JFK gems, this sort of thing, are real people who understand, like you say, their mother and father and grandfather were Democrats, what have you, they're reasonable people. They just have liberal social policy. Nothing wrong with that. That's America. That's diversity of thought, diversity of America. It's beautiful. Nothing wrong with that. And and so th- we're we're seeing this um this shift right now. Um we're uh you you talk about here in this piece, leftism. Leftism is a disease. Uh, progressivism is a disease which lead uh, to Marxism and communism. And yet Republicans and people, I'm just thinking they're going about this wrong by poo-pooing all Democrats. I think it's a massive mistake. You're, you're, you're pissing too many people off and you've got to knock it off. If you want to create a movement of what make America great again really means, uh, in highlighting our constitutional values and our Judeo-Christian nation and all that America stands for, that is good, professor, which is really what we're fighting for here. You've got to stop all this stuff and you've got to make this tent wider. Uh, isolate the radicals, the left of left, but pull everybody in this way. That's my philosophy politically, and that's my motivation here, but I don't see a lot of people out there talking like this. Speak about that, please. Traditional Democrats, uh, Bob Graham in Florida, Dante Fussell, people like that, they were, they were, they, were, they would be appalled if they saw what this, this Bolshevik, uh, uh, angle of the Democratic Party is is taken over. Uh, but but on the other side, you, you really don't, I mean, the, the whole point of being a Republican is it's it's bygone. I mean, that's a bygone conclusion that these people are not Republicans. You're going to have to talk about what a traditional conservative is in terms of, uh, and, and no more fiscal conservative stuff. I mean, we know what that means. We need to get into the social, the cultural, the traditional and, and 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 see if you can bring in some of these people to think about what has been lost and see if there's a um, a return to innocence in, in, in a way that would make people wholesome again. Uh, if you could do that, 
you you may get some new people, younger people, but if not, you're just gonna you're just gonna talk the same old burned out um, uh, talking points again about the rep- Republicans and Democrats, and really doesn't mean anything anymore. The left continues to move forward with the fact that you are trying to just make these people sound like they're just you know country club people just talking to each other. They're not. The left is using that as a mechanism to literally as a power play. Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez, thank you for being with us here on Viewpoint this Sunday, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you. It's always uh, too short, but uh, we we enjoy it. And hopefully we could get something uh, constructive out there for people to think about. Well, it is too short, but let me tell listeners now that uh, I asked Professor just coming on here today uh, to come back with me on the daily broadcast the week after next on The Voice of a Nation. He'll join me there for a much larger conversation where he's right, where we will have the time uh, to thread this thing a little bit closer here. Friends, up next here on Viewpoint, I want to mention to you this, these Canadian fires and the propaganda machine that's behind all of that. Because some interesting folks coming up with some uh, very enlightening information about that. We're going to explore that next on the broadcast, to be sure. Now stay right there, friends. More Viewpoint in just a moment. We are the vision of the voices. You can email us at talk at americaoutloud.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Big broadcast today, friends. We're going to pick it up now. With uh, there's been a lot of strange things happening. Uh, it, well, as they say, in the neighborhood, from uh, fires burning up uh, countries and uh, very eerie photographs and UFOs landing in Vegas and good God knows what else is happening here. Time to move to another planet, potentially. Uh, join us on the program here as Steve Malloy joins us. He's a, a leader in the fight against junk science. I like that, junk science. Plenty of that going around today, isn't there? Uh, and uh, he's a founder and publisher of junkscience.com. Uh, he's an environmental and public health consultant. He uh, served in the EPA transition team, in fact, for the Trump administration as well. 
Join us as well is Tom Harris is here as executive director of the Ottawa, Canada-based International Climate Science Coalition. He, Tom is the host of The Other Side of the Story here, right on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Gentlemen, it's good to have you here. I want to jump right into the fires now. These fires have been burning, I guess, in a good swath of Canada, and uh, they have been creating these images that have been being played all over the world for the Northeast. In fact, I was just talking uh, uh, last night and this morning with someone in uh, Pennsylvania, and they said they were having problems there as well. And they were talking, it's a little uncomfortable, not the best sort of environment sort of thing. Uh, but I'm seeing a lot of signs now. They're talking about this is due to climate change. They're getting into why this is happening. And now they're telling people to lock down, stay in your house, wear a mask, shut the hell up, that sort of thing, you know. Steve, what's going on with all this and the, the fear factor that's being put out there? What's true and what's not true? Yeah, so Malcolm, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So there are really, I guess, two uh, flashpoints with these uh, wildfires in Canada. One is the climate angle. And the other is the air quality that it's, uh, you know, causing in uh, in the Northeast. And uh, I guess, you know, just uh, to summarize everything to start with, with the climate, well, you know, wildfires are completely natural. They've uh, always happened. Um, over the past 40 years, they've actually been declining in scope in Canada. So it's really hard to connect them with emissions or warming. Uh, so I don't, I don't buy that angle at all. And then uh, with respect to the air quality in the U.S., mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the air is ugly. It's uh, unpleasant to breathe, uh, but it's not a public health threat. And, um, I, you know, this week I have set the set the greens off by going on TV and saying that this is not a public health threat. But, of course, you know, the data that has come out since then has supported my position. Um, you know, we're talking about people that have had irritated eyes, uh, there's no real uptick in asthma anywhere. Uh, certainly no one is dying as is predicted, as has been predicted by EPA, you know, quote unquote science. Hmm. So, the, you know, those are the two main topics, climate, no, no connection and the air. Yeah, it's bad, but it's not a health, health threat. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let me bring on Tom now. Stay right there a moment, Steve, please. And, um, Tom, you live right there in Ottawa, Canada. You're familiar with all of this, and you certainly know the pirates up there that are always pirating uh, the climate disasters. And wokeism is a real thing, not only here in America, but, shoot, by far in Canada. Um, talk to us uh, from your perspective, first of all, how bad, I mean, I know you typically get outside, you exercise, you know, how bad are you dealing with it there and and what's your take on a lot of the imagery and the pundits here talking about it here in the States, Tom? Well, first of all, like Steve says, it's not a health hazard. And so I did indeed go out walking with our dog when it was supposedly a high risk, you know, based on the particulate matter concentration. And uh, was I the dog complaining, by the way, did the dog complain at all? <laughs> not at all. She had fun. <laughs> and, you know, even when it was considered moderate, I went out and did my full blown bicycle workout, which is like an hour and a half. You know, I didn't push quite as hard because I'm just being a little careful. But people have to realize that 
the main reason these forests are, forest fires are occurring in Nova Scotia, for example, is they haven't maintained the forests. And I was talking to a forest microclimate specialist yesterday, mm-hmm. and he said that, and here's the exact quote, along the east coast of Nova Scotia, which of course is where a lot of the fires are, there are stands of balsam fir at a density of over 10,000 stems per hectare. And he says that's in comparison with a commercial forest, which would have about one-tenth of that. Okay, so he says this is the most dangerous fuel type in Canada with an extremely rapid rate of spread and what he calls head fire intensity. He says the really dangerous thing about these overstocked stands is that there's lots of standing dead trees, which act as kind of a fire ladder to move from one tree to the next. And in fact, he says the canopy of these stands now is so dense because they haven't been maintaining the forest that it's difficult for rain to get to the understory of the forest. And he says, when these balsam firs catch fire, the resins volatize like oily rags and the stems explode. So, of course, that spreads the fire even more. So it's really that they haven't maintained the forest. Well, that's the same problem that was being reported on in California for some time when they were having all those fires out there. There was a big argument about that, Ashley, and you got to clean up the forest and that sort of thing. But they also blamed it on uh, the climate world is burning up out there as well. Uh, Is there with the fires there, uh, Tom, that are in Canada itself? I was reading some reports that there was arson happening, that sort of thing. How did all these propagate? Do we are they arson? Aren't they arson? Were they just natural habitats that just lit up? But what? How did it all happen? Do you know? Yeah, quite a few of them are arson. In fact, one of the fires came with only within about 50 yards of my sister's home in Nova Scotia. Wow! And in that region, they found that the fires were started by. Uh, teenagers burning tires and the locals were so angry at the teenagers the police had to actually take them out of the out of the province to keep them in incarceration in a nearby province because i guess they were going to lynch them but uh yeah a fair bit of arson is is actually the cause uh other causes of course are are natural causes lightning things like that right but uh, it has nothing to do with climate change but let me ask you this uh did they find uh, justin trudeau out there with matches at all by chance <laughs> Well, you know, it reminds me of Michael Crichton's book, State of Fear, in which it's a fiction, but he still talks about how the environmentalists actually make some of these catastrophic uh, things come true because it's not happening. So they do it themselves. So there's been a lot of speculation on the Internet about this being intentional, in some cases, by environmental activists who are disappointed that the climate isn't going as bad as they say. So I I wouldn't be surprised if it is partly Well, that is the mission of big government, clearly. Uh, They never see a crisis uh, go to waste, of course. They tap into all of those and create them themselves routinely. Uh, Steve, um, to educate folks a little bit more, sincerely about this uh and you study this a lot more i i see comments here about the uh, particles of 2.4 2.5 actually micrometers in diameter the educate us a little bit on why this matters and what it means to the air we're breathing and whether you wear a mask or don't wear a mask for this sort of event yeah so uh you know we call it pm 2.5 uh, it's very fine particulate matter uh, it's mostly just soot, you know, just sort of carbon particles in the air. Uh, in the 90s, the U.S. EPA invented particle of uh, PM 2.5 as this major killer. As a matter of fact, EPA says that one in five deaths in America is caused by PM 2.5. And the World Health Organization claims that about 7 million of the 56 million deaths annually 
It's caused by PM two point five. Is that true? Is that a true statement? That one in no, five? None of none of it's true. PM two point five doesn't kill anybody. Oh, I was going to say. I thought you were giving me some information. I never. I was going to say one in five are dying from this. Well, I'm giving you the scare. Oh, I'm see. giving oh, you the facts. I'm giving oh, you the scare. Oh, okay. So, so the reality is that uh, PM two point five is innocuous. Uh, it doesn't kill anybody. It doesn't cause health effects. Uh, we've just seen this in New York City. Had terribly ugly air, uh, you know, uh, probably 30 times higher than uh, allowable by the U.S. EPA. You know, no, nobody got sick. Nobody died. Nothing. And, of course, this is all uh, obvious once you start looking at the science behind particulate matter. But, of course, you know, in the U.S., EPA has spent probably more than a billion dollars inventing, you know, buying scientists to invent the scare and the scare has gone worldwide. And, um, you know, I, I, for some reason, I seem to be the person leading the charge against uh, against the scare in the U.S. because, you know, nobody else seems to be interested in the science or have, I don't know, I don't know what the issue is. But uh, so I wind up, you know, pushing back on this a lot. Um, you know, I caught a lot of grief this week for saying that there's no health threat. And of course, it turned out to be no health threat. Uh, so, um, you know, it's the PM 2.5 may be ugly to breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, right, but right, it, right. It's not, and, and it's completely natural. I mean, this, you know, PM 2.5, um, it mm -hmm. comes from forest fires. It comes from fireplaces. You know, anytime there's combustion, soot, right? yeah. volcanic emissions, uh, you know, you get incredible PM 2.5 when you smoke. Yeah. Or, you know, smoke, especially when you smoke like marijuana in an unfiltered joint. Okay. And we all know that you can smoke an unfiltered uh, joint and not die. Hmm. Of course, that never seems to make it into the, you know, U.S. EPA calculus. I was going to say, because that, that would be a real problem in Colorado if that was the <laughs> case, wouldn't it now, right? I mean, they'd all be dead out there, maybe. I don't know. Um, interested. I want to talk to you both while I got you here, because I see a lot of interesting stories about this El Nino. Uh, Stephen, I'd like to talk back with you on this here. And this is so everyone should know the El Nino is when... I believe it is when the Pacific Ocean warms up sort of thing. And it's a, it's a natural thing. It's a natural occurrence. From, from what I understand, Steve, and you tell me different, please, or not, but uh, and the temperature cycle changes. It impacts hurricanes in other areas around the world. Uh, but now they're using it, I'm seeing, to, you know, uh, it's likely to set new heat records, energize rainfall in South America, fuel drought in Africa, disrupt the global economy, so on and so forth. I get a sense they're always tapping into things to create fear, fear. But yet nobody ever talks about the fact that the world continues to spin on the axis. We've had climate changes since the beginning of this thing, existence of the world. It's going to continue. It's called, yes, the climate does indeed change. It's supposed to change. Hello. Um, you know, uh, so, yes. I mean, yeah, so well, talk about that, El Nino. Yeah, so El, El, the El Nino-La Nina cycle starts in the Pacific, we think, Um it's not caused by emissions. It may have something to do with uh, the sun, and also there are you know undersea volcanoes in the Pacific, the whole right. ring of fire. Right. And so the water you know warms up and changes global weather. Um, since about 1980, um, you know the warming that we've seen has all been driven by El Ninos, not emissions. So El Nino uh, is actually debunks all of climate hysteria. Uh, if you've been reading the newspaper about how El Nino's may yeah. bump up temperatures, depending yeah. on how strong it is, yeah. uh, that's just another sign that the whole emissions driven warming 
uh, blame is just a hoax. It's really El Nino. I'm glad. I, I'm so thank you. I'm so glad. I, I had a feeling this was the case. I, I hadn't heard anybody put it quite the way you just did, but I had a feeling that was the clay, the case. Do I also understand that when and correct me on this, unless I have it backwards, when there is an El Nino impact of what's happening right now, will we'll be in place for a bit here. Does that mean, as I understand it, there are less hurricanes in the east side and the Atlantic Ocean sort of thing? Is that correct or is that the opposite? Uh, yeah, I think there's uh, fewer hurricanes uh, on the Atlantic with right. an El Nino. But of course, it, it you know, it really changes. Um, it, it's sort of a statistical thing, more likely, less likely, mm-hmm. no guarantee of anything. Yeah. It, you know, it depends on how strong El Nino is, how long it lasts. Right. It, it's really hard to predict any exactly. of that. Well, you know, the, the climate alarmists have gone into this. Well, now weather is completely unpredictable because of El Nino. Well, of yeah. course, weather has always been unpredictable. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say I look at the weather forecast and I can't predict what's going to happen at two o'clock this afternoon, for God's sakes. You know, I mean, uh, really, though, I look at that and they get that wrong all the time, you know. So I don't know if I should water the plants or not water the plants. Is it going to rain or isn't going to rain? I'm not really sure let alone how far you play it out. Uh, Tom, this whole El Nino thing, I think, is another tool, I'm guessing, that the climate alarmists use very regularly uh, to put fear into people because it spins the money machine greed. Uh, and frankly, it's probably, I, from my gathering, anytime they say there's an El Nino, I always thought that was a good thing. I say, yeah, let that El Nino thing rip, man. Less hurricanes. I like it. What do you say to that? Well, it depends where you live. If you live on the coast of Peru, where they do a lot of fishing, El Nino is a time when they have actually less fish. Because what happens is it disrupts the nutrient-rich water that comes from down below uh, up to the surface. And, of course, that feeds the plankton that is then for the fish. During an El Nino, you have this hot water that moves from west to east across the Pacific Ocean, and it disrupts that kind of a flow. So, you know, like many of these natural phenomena, there's benefits some places and detriments in other places. It turns out people just stop fishing, generally speaking, during a strong El Nino off the coast of Peru because there's just less fish. Yeah, well, I can accept that. We'll send them some fish by postal mail, but there's less hurricanes, which is sort of more important to other people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's well on that one there. Thank you both. Thank you both for jumping on here uh, with us here. And uh, on this Canadian fire thing, I find the story quite fascinating. And some of the pictures are very, very eerie. Uh, that They do look a little strange. But as both Tom Harris and Steve Malloy are saying, they are not a danger of any sort. Even though you see the threats, people. I mean, I'm, it's a well, they're actually talking a climate lockdown is what they're calling it. And there's been a lot of conversation about that out there. So anyways, now you know for sure that, uh, well, and Steve's uh, thing, Junk Science, doesn't probably fall into that comp- category as well. Uh, check out his site, JunkScience.com. And Tom Harris is the other side of the story and all the work he does at the International Climate Science Coalition. Trying to keep it all straight. This climate thing is just another thing that's been hijacked from the Marxist left. Uh, it's a greed power sort of trip. And uh, it's what they do all the time, friends. And uh, it's, uh, it's one of the biggest scams going on today. All right, my friends, that is a wrap here. What a powerful broadcast. Be sure to get it out there from sea to shining sea and all across the world. And thank you for joining us on the mission here. It's time uh, to get involved and get loud, America. <laughs>